Next generation ideas. Next generation ideas. Next generation ideas. Hey guys, welcome to the Gen XXL podcast series. So we started this series because we wanted a place to share some of our favorite ideas from around the world of uh, Web3, society, technology, design and startups. Ideas that got us like excited and when you read about them or hear about them, thoughts start whirring and rolling in your head. So we'll be including interviews with designers as well as a hand-picked selection of ideas that we've collected over the previous month. So this first one is the June Rewind because we'll be rewinding over what's happened last month. My name's Tom Simpson. At Carolite, I'm a futurist and copywriter. And in my spare time, I'm a music producer. I've just got back from a year-long trip to South America in a van. I'm excited to start this. It's the first podcast that I've done, so I'm a bit nervous, but ready to go. I uh, really hope you guys enjoy it. And yeah, let's get rolling. Well, idea number one that I wanted to share with you guys comes from a white paper that's been released from one of the original founders of Ethereum blockchain. Um, it's called Decentralizing Society, Finding Web3 Soul, and the writer is Vitalik Buterin. So he's talking about in this, in this white paper how we can use the NFT technology to basically linked to real life, like the physical life we have. And it's, it's hard to define what we mean by real life. Um, I think like now we can, we have to accept that the, the digital and the, the world, the metaverse is almost as much of a part of, of real life as the physical world in front of us. So um, he really wants to be able to use NFT technology that's currently being used for artwork, uh, for uh, music, for, um, digital forms of, of creativity he wants to bring that and think how can we use this in the uh, in our physical worlds in our careers in our education um, to verify things we claim we've done so if someone on their cv claims that they've got a degree from harvard university how can we verify that yeah we have a certificate now but is there like a simpler way to do that so he proposes that we could create something called soulbound NFTs or soulbound tokens, SBTs. That's the term he uses in his in his white paper. So the idea is that uh, once you earn one or you own one in the real world, it's, it's untradeable, so it's always yours. So it's, it's connected to your soul, and I think that's where he gets the name from of soulbound tokens. They're permanent, they're traceable, um, and. Yeah, imagine you get a, a diploma or a health certificate, your medical records, um, your uh, health insurance plan, um, things that you need to verify that are yours um, and they're connected to perhaps your, your, your wallet, your crypto wallet, using the sorts of pass keys and, and security that blockchain has been built on. So I thought this was a really interesting interesting idea that pushes nft technology a little bit further than where it's been so far which has been mainly around the art world so it's cool to think how this technology can have purposes further than that um, definitely a lot of work to be done um, before it breaks into a large-scale application especially around security and privacy um, and also to prevent the marginalization of certain groups it's also important um, because not everyone has access to 
the type of technology you need to be able to make the most of a soulbound token like this. So interesting idea to watch. Really cool to see this white paper come out and yeah, happy to share it with you guys. It's called Decentralizing Society, Finding Web3 Soul by Vitalik Buterin. Second idea that I'm gonna be telling you about, this rewind is an idea that has a name, uh, comes from the IoT, maybe you guys have heard of it, probably a lot of you have, the Internet of Things, but this idea is called the LOT, which is the Library of Things. So the group behind this, they are trying to imagine how the sharing economy can be brought to our high streets. Um, they've created community spaces where they have access to products from uh, big producers and suppliers for low cost that they can then rent out to people at low cost in exchange for some usage data for the companies. So imagine you've got uh, a garden, a, a decking that you want to clean some some stones or a patio at the back, you need a pressure washer but you and your neighbours don't have one and you don't really want to shell out $65 or more from Screwfix, what do you do? You go to the LOT, the Library of Things, go in there and they trying to build places that will have all of these high cost, um, prohibitively high cost items that really can help in home use, work use, whatever sort of use uh, and make them accessible for people, which is just honestly super nice. Um, yeah, how, how frustrating when you just would love to have a certain piece of technology or um, a product in your, in your house to be able to do something, but you just, there's no way you can afford it right now or maybe not for the next few years. So uh, in a time where people are struggling, it's a great line of support. And in a, in a time where shop fronts are struggling and high streets are struggling, ideas like this can bring a new life to, to plazas and roads and cities and towns. Uh, it can create community spaces. When people are there, they meet each other, they exchange ideas, they can help each other out. Maybe they need a helping hand, not just a, a product. So um, these places are yeah, really trying to stimulate the, the community that has been you know, sort of lost over the last 20 to 30 years through globalization, the change in high streets, the collapse in high streets and the, um, the digitalization of purchasing and consumption. Um, so yeah, really nice idea. There's already over 5,000 Londoners signed up for the initiative and they hope to expand to another major European hub very soon. So hope to see lots of libraries of things on our high streets in the next few years. Next we can all see that our world is slowly slash really damn quickly expanding and overflowing into the digital world, whether it's be the metaverse, the mirrorverse, or simply the, the whole digital world and the internet that we use for most of our life right now. Um, it's been spilling there for a while. And this next idea is using the power of the digitalization of, of the world and thinking how can they use this to bring people together in a sort of unseen way before. Um, Afropolitan is the name of this idea. Um, and I believe it's a shining beacon of hope for the African roots community, the African diaspora all over the world. Uh, they want to, and they propose that they're gonna build a digital nation that people of African heritage can sign up to and claim nationality and citizenship. Uh, so yeah, wow, when I first read this, I was like, holy shit, how are they going to do this? 
Um, and the idea has been started by uh, crypto philosopher Balaji Srinivasan. Uh, sorry, Balaji, if I said your name wrong, do let me know. Um, and he's been a dreamer in the crypto space for, for years. He was formerly the CTO of Coinbase. So lots of credentials, uh, lots of trust and confidence in the things that he proposes and the things that he works on. Um, and he is working with a group of 25 investors um, to create this idea of uh, Afropolitan. And it stemmed from the innovative use of Bitcoin, which supported some protests in Nigeria in 2019. Um, you can read more about this, uh, the actual protests and where that came from uh, online. But because of that, he was inspired. How can crypto technology be used to support um, the strong African community all around the world? So they are yeah, gonna build an online country that's gonna have a shared currency, that they say is really strongly underpinned by shared values and which celebrates their heritage. And they eventually hope to turn this nation into a physical nation with borders, with uh, a place, grow a city. Um, and on their website, you can see a really uh, fascinating projection of what a futuristic Afropolitan society, cityscape might look like. Would really suggest checking it out. Um, I've been reading from Safety Wing, heard about this a couple of years ago. They were trying to look at building online nations, digital nations, and so they say you need a piece of physical land to start it with borders to actually be able to establish, establish yourself as a nation in the first place, and you need some support from existing countries. Now, there are already a host of uh, recognized and established countries outside of the traditional um, the traditional borders we know. Um, so you can work with sort of uh, very small niche countries that already exist. Um, it'd be really interesting to see where they go with this. Um, definitely some questions that I have around will ideas like this, digital nations and people being able to you know, jump between citizenships quite freely, is this gonna lead to stronger communities that believe in shared values? How will that balance with the already polarized state of identity politics um, and the separation that we have in in the world right now interesting question i think that we'll only be able to see as time goes on and also interested to see in the future if these new nations do become universally accepted by you know places like the eu the united states the the brick um the brick countries uh, the g7 will they recognize these countries as genuine countries that have a say in global issues or will they be niche communities without weight in global socio-economic discussions just a couple of ideas and thoughts about that um, please let us know if you have any ideas to those questions in the comments uh, below So the fourth handpicked idea of this week focuses around some research from um, University College of San Diego. Now they've been looking at how you can take old phones that have a interesting piece of technology in their cameras that some new phones don't have and use that to help scan for neurological conditions at home. It's really, really interesting. They have managed to use the old Google Pixel phones that have infrared cameras in them. And by using these, they can actually have a very accurate picture of variations in a sub-millimeter change in iris size. So yeah, as I said, new versions of the phone foregone this camera feature. And the standard pupillometer devices, they cost upwards of $10,000, which totally limits their widespread, widespread use. Um, so yeah, really interesting. The sorts of conditions they can look for is Alzheimer's, for example, because the way that your the change in the size of your pupil and iris responds to certain questions or certain tasks um, is has been found to be a signal for sort of neurological conditions. Um, so yeah, they've, they've just released a little video looking into it now, explaining the technology and how it can work, how it can be applied to home use. Let's see 
if they are going to be offering this to people who already have that Google Pixel, or are they going to try and get Google Pixels uh, out to people at home to use? Um, wondering how they will use this interesting discovery to uh, apply it to solving the problem of overcrowded hospitals, um, increased need for doctors and medical medics, and maybe uh, undersupply of those doctors and medics. So yeah, from the University College of San Diego, they're using technology from old and disused smartphones. Um, you're looking at the near infrared cameras. The final idea that I'm going to share with you this week is from a clothing label called Epimonia. Um, now they've got a, a buoyant new way of changing the lives of refugees, a really serious issue that is affecting so many people worldwide, worldwide right now from both past conflicts, current conflicts uh, and reason outside of military conflict. It could be um, persecution. Um, it could be economic conditions, it could be religion, many reasons why people are refugees and migrating between countries, coming to Europe and other places around the world. So Epimonia is trying to use the discarded life jackets that have been worn across specifically for them the Mediterranean Sea and discarded in Greece. And from this they're making a line of clothing that includes caps, shirts, hoodies um, and more and giving these life jackets uh, a new life, not letting them be single-use items, um, which you could argue as well is environmentally great. Such thing as a life jacket has a lifetime of use, you'd hope, but they do get discarded when people cross the sea. So far, they've managed to reuse over 500 life jackets, um, and they've also managed to donate $45,000 to organizations that support refugees that help with scholarships, education, housing, um, and general advice when they move to new countries, which is absolutely amazing. They don't just talk the talk, they also work with 12 refugee employees, which is fantastic. Um, it's one of the most actionable ways that you can leverage your business model to make a positive impact with whatever you're doing is work with the people who you're trying to help. So this is just fantastic. Seeing a business model that's creating a positive social impact in each of their business activities, it's really invigorating. It's just more proof that business for good is possible at all sorts of scales. So yeah, really, really good work. Epimonia have been loving looking at your clothing label. Who knows, you might see me in one of your caps pretty soon. So these are just five ideas of the 12 that I've found from this month, the rest of which you can see on our blog post, Next Generation Ideas, The June Rewind. Every month there'll be one of these. You can already see two from the previous two months um, and I'm working on the July one now, trying to find the most exciting ideas around the world from Web3, technology, design, society and technology. Thank you so much for listening to the Gen XXL podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you found any ideas this month that we haven't covered that you think would be interesting for us to find out about because who knows, maybe it will lead us on to discovering something for next month's podcast. Thank you very much and see you guys soon. Bye. Next Generation Ideas.